0: Yeah. <laughs> comes in, everybody, comes What are you drinking, Harry? I got a nice lukewarm Budweiser. It used to be cold, but shit, time fools of us <laughs> It's not a bird, it's not a
1: plane, it's Superhero Slate. It's a modern podcast where we talk about everything that's great. Like movies, TV, superheroes, it's Superhero Slate.
0: Hello everyone and welcome to Superhero Slate, the show where we run down the latest superhero entertainment news. We love TV, movies, and superheroes. Let's talk it all out. My name is
1: Chris Dillard. And my name is Mike Royer.
0: And this week we're reviewing the latest C2E2 for 2020. That's
1: right, straight out of Chicago.
0: Yes, right off the car ride. I didn't didn't (laughs) fly. Uh, We're also going to be discovering who the Squadron Supreme are this week, Mike. All right,
1: is that a streetwear clothing brand, or is this something different?
0: It's something different. Uh, (laughs) I I know who it is, but I'll be learning you something. Uh, We'll also be discussing a new director for Indiana Jones 5 and what that means, and more.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So I was going to say, it's like the curse of uh, living in the Midwest – And it's only at the front of my brain because I actually saw a meme of it on the internet uh, recently. I mean, where else would I see a meme? I don't know why I need to... (laughs) No, I was at an old folks home and they print off their memes there.
0: Billboards.
1: (laughs) Yes, billboards. Well, actually, I wouldn't be surprised if I see a meme on a billboard anywhere around this town. Uh, But... It was a meme along the lines of like, basically, if you live in the Midwest and anything is within like a 12-hour drive, you're going to drive it. You're not even going to consider flying there. So, I mean, Chicago is much closer than 12 hours for you, but it's still a far enough drive. So, I have to thank you for hopping on the microphone because you're pretty much fresh out of a car. So, you had to drive the entire length of the state of Indiana, which if you don't know, if you've never looked at Indiana on a map before, it's a very long state. So, you went from top to bottom pretty much to get home to come back from Chicago from what I call Chicago Comic-Con. So, uh, it's glad to, glad to see, glad to hear your voice.
0: Glad, glad to see it. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm glad to be back. It was a. I I mean, I left on Thursday and got back on Sunday. And so it's been a, a whirlwind of a few days, you know, it's, 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 good. And it's, and, and there's, there's bad because you don't want it to end, but it's good because like, man, I'm tired. I am so tired. I'm, I'm We de- just had to talk to you. I'm dehydrated. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to be drinking water a lot during this show to make up for it because, Uh, With the the current, just to put it, the current climate of um, disease prevention, I'm not (laughs) drinking water off the show floor. So, well,
1: you, well, you know what? Uh, I have to say you strategized really, really well. Chicago, it's a big, scary city. There's diseases floating all around. So uh, super fan Jim joined you as, yes. I believe, your bodyguard. He was pushing people away. He was uh, punching them, wrestling to the ground. He's putting his own immune system at risk no, keep no, the podcast he did, he, did none of the, he did none of those <laughs> things.
0: No, nope, uh, I, I believe it was the other way around. Um, I keep telling – every year I tried to bring someone new to this convention, right, no, who, no matter who it was. So I am essentially the uh, Red Skull from uh, Infinity. War, right I guide oh, others I to a treasure I cannot possess.
1: You're you're uh, a shepherd. That's nice yeah, of you.
0: Exactly. So um, I'm like, come, come, my my fellow sheep. Nick, we we plan on renting out the whole wing of a hotel some year with all the people I'm bringing. So, <laughs> well,
1: you, you know what? This is not the type of podcast where you usually hear us talk about diseases and you know the coronavirus that's sweeping the nation in the worst uh, possible way. You I mean
0: globe? But yes.
1: <laughs> but it the, it is kind of the start of con season. I don't know really what the fir- what the first con is that kind of kicks everything off, but CT. E2 is definitely early in the cycle, and I mean, we got big events that are not con-related, like, you know, the Olympics coming up, and there's a lot of there's a lot of questions out there in the world, because a lot of technology, like Game Developers Conference, I believe, yeah. I don't know if that was officially canceled, yes, but no, okay. I know, okay, I knew a lot of big people had backed out, so I mean, I have San Diego Comic Con coming up in July, and I'm actually kind of curious, like, well, what are they going to do? That's one of the biggest conventions, you're going to have a lot of people coming from a lot of different uh, areas visiting it. So I mean I'm a little huh? I'm a little I'm a little worried exactly how the convention season's gonna pan out this year.
0: It's downwind from LA too, man. That's not that's not good for it. <laughs> I mean the
1: West Coast too, that we're getting kind of some of the first cases of the virus here. So crossing my fingers. But the great thing about podcasts is you don't have to go outside to record yeah. them and you can't they can't be tra- transmitted through uh your earbuds so uh you're safe here so if anybody yes. is being forcefully quarantined or uh you know voluntarily quarantining themselves uh, well, uh we're glad we can be here with you
0: well what what about this mike what if you're quarantined in room and you need to get out
1: uh, <laughs> oh chris that is an amazing segue you thank really pull, you i, I you set were, you up here <laughs> you really pulled it off yeah so while you were um Gallivanting around Chicago this weekend. I got to go do an escape room, which is something I've only done one other time before for my wife's uh, 30th birthday. So I don't have a whole lot of experience with escape rooms, but uh, the, the one I did uh, was pretty cool. It was kind of roughly Harry Potter themed. Like they don't exactly tell you like, oh, this is a Harry Potter themed room, but they're definitely leaning into the fantasy magical elements so if you have any of those fans in your household bring them to this escape room so uh kind of an unofficially licensed type deal so uh, this time around uh we went to an escape room that was a f- officially licensed by self south- by the south park crew so it was an originally uh written story from trey parker and matt stone they uh they voice acted it there's some uh unique animations that play through screens and uh monitors and stuff throughout the experience so it was pretty cool uh it's not just localized to la i think i googled it after the fact and i think they're in some other cities across the country and maybe even across the world i'm not entirely sure but it was really fun Mm -hmm. you kind of walk in and the theme of it is like cartman has used some sort of like a school security system to lock you into the classroom and you have to get out before i think it was lunch periods over So he's kind of toying with you the whole time. Every once in a while, he'll pop up over like a loudspeaker and make fun of you while you're trying to work through his puzzles. Uh, You know, just like any other escape room, you're deciphering codes and opening up drawers. You know, you'll put up a drawer, you'll find Mr. Hat, or there might be, uh, you might have to assemble like some sort of puzzle that includes like Clyde Frog. So it was all, it was all very much on brand. Uh, I don't want to, I don't want to spoil anything in case anybody gets to, gets to do the escape room. And I've heard it's kind of like a no-no to uh, spoil these types of things. And even the person that walked us through who did the opening spiel for the escape room said, you know, don't take, don't take any pictures. I even asked afterwards if I could take kind of one localized picture. He's like, no, no, no. Unfortunately, that item is a clue. We don't want you taking pictures of it. So there was this one cool moment, Where um, in order to get one of the crucial clues, you actually have to call a phone number. And it's not like a 555 phone number. It's like, oh, you actually take out your cell phone, call this real phone number, and a South Park character talks to you on the other end so i thought that was really cool that they leaned into this other aspect basically just knowing anybody that lives on the planet that goes into an escape room has a cell phone and has the ability to call at the very least at least one person so if you're anywhere near the the, uh, cartman escape room uh go check it out it was pretty fun we escaped with uh, 10 minutes to spare we got caught up by a couple of things um and i guess the uh, the guy who was kind of monitoring the room while we were doing it. He said, he was, he said he was rooting for us the whole time. He thought we were going to break the record, but we got caught up on a few, uh, kind of crucial things. But, uh, yeah, South park, uh, Cartman escape room, go check it
0: out. And apparently bring your phone mm-hmm. because if you go phoneless. You yeah, they,
1: they give you a very vague clue at the beginning, like, uh, feel free to bring your phones. Uh, no pictures, no recording, but uh, you could possibly use your other functions of your phone. And we thought it was the, the flashlight function, which actually did kind of come in handy at one point in time. Uh, but we quickly found out later, oh, yep, you got to call something.
0: There it is. There it is. So you had a good time then.
1: Yes, very cool. They had this um, cool thing where uh, they replaced like a frosted glass of a, of a classroom door with a monitor. So they did. So you could kind of see like the outline of like PC principal, like knocking on the door. And I think maybe they had some sort of like mechanical thing happening where it was actually knocking on the door. So it's was like, Oh cool. It kind of looks like there's like a silhouette of PC principal there. So yeah, it was, it was pretty high end. I would say.
0: Okay. So you yeah. would say this is, Hella sweet, not <laughs> screw you guys. I'm going home.
1: <laughs> yes, hella sweet, definitely right. for sure.
0: Got to throw a South Park reference in there. I'm yeah. sure there's more better ones, but I just don't know what they are off the top of my mm-hmm. head. So that's good. Well, while you were doing that, Mike, I was taking Chicago by storm. By storm. By storm, and by that it really didn't storm. It was just really cold for for a few days. So. Um, again, C2E2 is the Chicago Comic and Entertainment Expo C2E2. This is the earliest it's ever been. This is my 10th year going. I have all 10 badges lined up right here, um, from every year I've got to go. It's really, really a fun event if you live in the Midwest, and it is, um what would we say, like the fifth, one of the fifth biggest Comic-Cons now?
1: Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I'm not going off of any stats, but, I mean, if you just kind of roughly know the con landscape, if you're just counting them on your hands, uh, yeah, I would say within the top five.
0: Yeah, and it also, like, is it in a... If you can't make it to the West Coast, you can't make it to New York, this is a perfect thing right in the middle here. So, mm-hmm. um I, I think it's a great time. I will tell you right now, um I we had super fan Jim with us. He stayed with us. He was a very... Uh, Good roommate to have. So thank you. I know you're listening. He took the train down from his state all the way into Chicago to Union Station and then uh, stayed around and then, then went back up. So it was his first time going. And um, I, I just, I, it's it's hard to explain what C2E2 is until you experience it. But I just want to go on and tell you the first day I was there, we got there Thursday. And we walked to a Popeyes, Mike. You know why? Because we were hungry. This was.
1: Oh, do they have the chicken sandwich there in Chicago?
0: I don't know. We went in and left immediately. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> we, we walked in and immediately. Apparently, so my, my other people with me, my friend Jeremy and Jim. Um, this lady apparently asked him for for to buy buy her, you know, uh, give her money or buy her chicken sandwiches. Like she's sitting in this little. The, the Popeyes is like a very, like two tables inside. It's very small. This uh this is very
1: much a unique experience to a Popeyes because this actually happened to me. Uh, I went to a, a trivia at a at a bar down in Hollywood on like a Saturday afternoon. So it was around lunchtime. I was hungry. The bar really wasn't serving very uh um uh, I would say unctuous food for a very hungry person in a bar. So there was a Popeyes across the street. So I walk on over to Popeyes, uh, going, hmm, man, I sure would like to try this Popeyes chicken sandwich. And And right out the front, similar experience. A guy says, Hey, man, could you like, I'm hungry. Could you like buy me something? And it's just like, you know, usually you don't have the normal excuse that you can give people of just like, Oh, sorry, I don't have any cash on me. Like, this guy's just looking for some food. And I'm just like, All right, that's fine. Really easy on me. All I have to do is just double up my order and then I'll just give him another another chicken sandwich. I feel like a good person. He'll get a meal. I get to move on my day and go back to trivia. Well, I walk into the Popeyes, you know, during the whole Popeyes chicken sandwich craze. And the line's like really long. And I got to get back to this bar. So I just have to turn around and walk out. And then I realized, oh, I have to tell this guy he's not getting food from me uh, because the line was too long. He was just like, oh, okay, thanks, man. I was like, I get I get he he was not expecting uh, that excuse, but it wasn't an excuse. I legitimately did not want to wait in that line.
0: Well, this lady (laughs) asked Jim and Jeremy. I didn't hear. I'm just waiting in line. This is, you know, an interesting Popeyes because you have to go talk to one of those like bank speakers at the front. And I'm like, (laughs) okay, all right. And then you have to wait in line beyond that. We didn't know how long we were going to wait. So apparently this lady just like looks between them and starts asking me this question, and I didn't hear it. So Jeremy heard it, and I'm just staring at this lady, and he stops talking because he thinks I'm going to respond. <laughs> so for like the next 60 seconds, I'm just staring this lady down in his Popeyes. <laughs> no words being said, and I'm like, uh-huh, no. And then we ended up leaving and going to Culver's for dinner, but it was like the most... <laughs> storied way to kick off the, this whole adventure well, um, before have, we even had our badges.
1: Well, I mean, I'm not a hundred percent sure of the origin of Culver's, but I know it's a very Midwest experience in my mind. So you had a Midwest Comic Con, so you had a Midwest dinner yeah. to start it out with.
0: Yeah, it was a long. It was about a one and a half mile walk, and it was, which you know Google lied to me and said was seven minutes. It wasn't. It was not seven <laughs> minutes. It was more like thirty minutes. Uh, so we were really cold and, and ready to, to just sit down and eat. But then we went and got our badges at, at we'll call. Walked in, picked them up, walked out. Um, It it was really cool to, you know, this year they um, have expanded the show floor a little bit wider. Mm -hmm. So every year, a little bit more. This floor gets bigger. And, um, you know, when we walked in on Friday, Friday is the best day to go to C2E2. Do you know why Friday is the best day to go? Uh, Why is it the best day to go? Because everyone's still at work. (laughs) (laughs) All the locals come on Saturday um and saturday is, is about a i mean if you get there at 10 you know we didn't get in until probably 11 15 um mm-hmm. through, through the check and the lines and stuff we also went to starbucks and waited on that for a little bit so it wasn't completely our fault but like that uh security check takes forever and you know this we did this at san diego mm-hmm. uh, well they're not as, as they're a little bit more on the ball at san diego there's more doors but um friday we you know uh, you get in, you're in line. They let you in, and you go. And you know, there's a lot of room to walk around, a lot of stuff to do. So, what I like to do on Friday is buy all the stuff I'm going to buy for the weekend. Uh, most people say, "Well, wait till Sunday." I don't go on Sundays. I have to drive home. I don't want to. I don't want to go to the convention because your hotel you have to check out at eleven. I don't want to. I can't park. I don't want to park my car you know, pay whatever that is. So I, also, I go home on Sundays.
1: You're rolling the dice on Sundays too, because some of the good stuff might be gone.
0: It is. Uh, so I'm, I just buy it. I buy it Friday. I get what I want. And then I don't have to carry it around on Sunday when there's more people there, um, bumping into people. So that's what I did. I bought, I bought a pop vinyl. I bought some books. Every book I bought was on the list of stuff I wanted to buy. Mike, it was very good. Uh, didn't overextend myself at all on this. So that was great. The floor layout this year at, San, uh, not saying you at Chicago, was amazing. You walk in, you get your big name publishers, right? There's um you remember at the San Diego, the, the Gundam stuff, the Funimation, mm-hmm. yep, that's yep. right there. Ooh. There's Marvel, there's DC, there's some other big publishers right in the gate, right? If you want to get them, boom, you're done. To the right, they actually took all the comic book vendors and put them all in rows this time. They're all in one section. You want to go get your comic books, you have one area to do it in. You don't have to go all over to different vendors. Uh, beyond that is the, um, the shop vendors Where you buy your pop vinyls Your sword makers um, There was a tattoo booth there this year uh, <laughs> Get your tattoos uh, Stuff like that was the next section And then Artist Alley Familiar with that That's uh, mm-hmm. where yep. artists exist But also um, comic book writers Will usually have tables in there So um, I'm going to talk about one uh, on Saturday Saturday's where I got to do all this fun stuff And then uh, beyond that is the, uh, the back wall is all autographs And photo ops uh, so if you have something for like Mark Ruffalo or the Aero Crew that was back there. Then it loops back around into the um the bigger name vendors, like um oh, there's a local brewing company that has you know set up set up there, the video game section and stuff like that. The floor layout was amazing this year, Mike. I've got pictures I'm gonna post probably tomorrow about this. So I um,
1: love, love to hear it. I, lo- I love it. I love it when a when a con is organized because you got to attack it. You got to be strategized. And when they make it easier to navigate, it just it's, it's better for everybody. It is.
0: And in, in ten years, the thing has grown exponentially, exponentially. Mm. So if you walk in and you haven't studied the map, you don't know what you're doing. Um, so you kind of go through and figure it out. And it, I was really, really happy with with the layout this year. For that, I got to go to um, at least one panel on Friday: the uh, Marvel, the X Men panel. So they have the X-Men writers of all the X-Men books up there talking about their plans for this year and their big event, Ten of Swords, coming out this, this summer. Uh, but the Ten is an X, so I don't know why they call it Ten of Swords. Is this... <laughs> X of Swords sounds cooler, but whatever. So a bunch of X-Men with swords uh, are going to be in this book for some reason. Sounds like they're ready to boot up the action figure line again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, it's So uh, we, we were joking, my friend Jeremy and I, Wolverine has a sword in this. He's got three in each hand. Why does he need a sword? <laughs> well, don't... you
1: know, he's got to diversify his blades. You know, he's got to give him a break.
0: Yeah, he's, he's got to be doing that. So uh, that that was interesting. And then also, the, the last thing I want to say about Friday is there is a, a soda vendor called Wild Bills. Have you ever heard of them? Never heard of it. Okay, so it's essentially like a... Um, it looks like a... I don't know, a, an old-timey wagon cart parked there, right? And mm-hmm. you go up, you buy a, a cup, and you um, get all refills all you want all day and all their sodas that you get off the tap of this little wagon thing
1: oh so, I, that's amazing that's a great idea
0: so they have like you know grape soda root beer uh cream soda a black cherry soda a, the spark, just a sparkling water one if you want that so i got this big um, metallic c2e2 branded mug uh that i've been i was filling up all weekend at this <laughs> thing every time we ran low
1: it's kind of like since you're inside it's like a similar vibe of like going to like an in, like a, uh, a casino but also you're getting like a collectible cup so it reminds me like you're also going to like a zoo So it's like the it's like the con is like mashing up these two ideas of just like just buy this collectible thing you can drink out of it all day.
0: They should have had cotton candy next to it. They did not. So, (laughs) but I digress. (laughs) Uh, A stuffed
1: snake, a stuffed snake, or a stuffed monkey. I mean, that goes well with it too.
0: Well, they had stuffed all sorts of anime things all over the place, Mike. You didn't have Mm -hmm. to look too hard for that. (laughs) Um, But the uh, if you pay ten extra dollars, you get unlimited refills all weekend rather than just that day. So. Uh, I, I loaded up I loaded up for the week um, and it's a really cool cup I'll, I'll get a picture of it later too but uh, that that's the first day you know like I said it's, it's a very relaxed day um, you know you, you, I was with Jim and Brian pretty much all day we, we all went around I got my um, comic book signed by Jonathan Hickman the writer of the x-men series uh, you know and um, picked up the books I wanted it was a good time but Saturday, Saturdays where you fight the crowds, Mike. <laughs> uh, if you're listening today and you got some free stuff from me on Saturday, congratulations and welcome to the show. Uh, if you did not uh, and you're listening for the first time, welcome to the show. However, I will tell you, by the time I got to the floor at, um, it was on the floor at 1045, I, or 1115 is what it was, I ran in to Scott Snyder himself. Do you Are you familiar with Scott Snyder's work at D.C.? Uh, I mean, I know he's
1: over there at D.C. Uh, wait, no, wait. Um, did he do Court of Owls?
0: He did. He's known for his Batman run. Yeah, very, yeah, very yeah, big Batman right. run. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, um, also has been working on, uh, Justice League lately. And, uh, he did the Dark Knights Metal series you probably saw for a while. So, um, with the, you know, the, um, all the Batmans that had like different Justice League powers, uh, and stuff like that, the, the, but they're evil. Uh, so, I mean, he, he is known for, um... For working very hard at DC and creating a bunch of this stuff, and especially Cordell's, like you said. Um, but uh, I ran into like he's sitting there, artist and writer uh, David Fincher is sitting there, who's who's known for doing other DC books. He did the Ultimatum line for for Marvel. I actually met him and in, in thing. And he's just he's only there for this day is what what the crazy thing. He's only there to, like for like four hours on this Saturday. He flew in, did some signings, hung out some panels, left that evening. Like boom, boom. He just standing there and I'm like, <laughs> Is that Scott Snyder? And Brian's like, I'll ask him. Uh, so, so we <laughs> ask him, and he's like, Yeah, yeah. And he was cool enough to talk to us for a minute, and we uh we got our I got my photo with him, I sent it over to you later, which was uh, a really cool like things that happen at Comic Con. Oh, you run into people who yeah. are famous on accident.
1: Yeah, that is the best thing about Comic Con because what you're gonna find is you're gonna find a lot of really influential people that you look up to and kind of this greater kind of geek nerd community but they're kind of finally coming out from behind their desks or you know from behind the camera whatever they do because a lot of the people really we really love in this world are the ones that are actually making the stuff not necessarily the people that are starring in the stuff so it's like well you're familiar with their faces because you probably follow them on twitter or social media but you don't really run, come across them so when you see them like in a, in a convention like I, I believe we both had a similar experience together at san diego comic-con yeah like oh that's that one person from that one thing and they're just walking around like a normal person and you're in the the great thing is is you're in the context where you feel totally okay walking up to them like if you were like if they were at like the grocery store if you saw them (laughs) pumping gas you're not going to bother them but they're at a comic book convention so you the all the inhibitions are to the wind and it's just great that you can approach these people
0: yeah and it's funny because the artist he worked with a Greg capullo uh for a while there i actually got my photo with him several years ago an accident as well walking Mm -hmm. through the line so I kind of came full circle here, and um, it was very, very cool to run into this guy. And then I walked over to um, the Marvel um, – the, or the Artist Alley, and um, I'm hanging out, and there is uh, the line for the X-Men writers, and the guy who's writing Wolverine, uh, the new series coming out, is Benjamin Percy. And Ben Percy is known for writing the Wolverine audiobooks that Mike listens to, the the podcasts. Oh, going.
1: great. Uh, d- did, you, uh, uh, did you ask them if um – Oh man, I can't even. <laughs> why can't I think of his name? Uh, Super Henry Cavill. Did he ask him if Henry Cavill is going to be Wolverine or not? That's the rumor that's been floating around.
0: No, no, he didn't know anything <laughs> about about this for uh, for the movies. He just know he just knows the podcast stuff. He wrote them and he did the graphic novel version of them. But he did say. They signed a deal with Spotify for five more series of different Whoa. characters. They haven't announced yet
1: for different. That's a big deal because uh, Wolverine kind of got it start over at Stitcher, yeah. and I believe it's still over there right now. So, man, man, whoo good for them
0: yeah so that's some that's a big guy for a new series and he said that was coming up and uh, he also writes a series called x-force right now which i really enjoy so i got him to sign my number one and then i'm talking to him and next thing you know scott snyder comes up to him so the <laughs> scott snyder i feel like he's following me at this convention already so um but that was cool i thought that would be a cool shot for you mike to to you know i asked him about the audiobooks and you know what the plans were so we'll uh, we'll knock on wood the panel Great. I went to that day was actually sponsored by Cards Against Humanity. Um, they're a big guy. They have a bunch of uh, comedians and improv panels. But apparently... Uh, well, I yeah. think,
1: isn't Cards Against Humanity located in Chicago? Yes. I think that's their home home base. Yeah, yeah their
0: home base is there. So they sponsor a lot of these. And one of the... <clears throat> I think it's a podcast called Dungeons, Dice, and Everything Nice. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's a, this uh, Dungeons & Dragons... Um, thing with, uh, with four female characters in the their Dungeon Masters there. so they did a live version of it there uh, with the, all the actors in thing. I'm, I'm trying to see if it's on, uh, they're on Patreon so I think it's an upcoming thing. So it was really cool to see them do this and it was hilarious because in these panels, these especially these Cards Against Humanity panels, guess what? Nothing is um forsaken. Nothing is sacred <laughs> in these. They, the, the language a, is it's there. A, the it's not
1: safe for work panel
0: oh know. yeah no no they had these were like, at some point they were doing the the they had them acted out there was like a, they were like a candy lane kind of thing and they had to um go through these feats and they had them like using nerds rope to um like the lady in the tramp style nerds rope for that <laughs> thing and i was like that is wild uh but it was it was fun and I'm, i think i might go back and pick up some of these just to see mm-hmm. kind of catch up with these characters that they built over the years so um i'm gonna go check that that was a really really fun panel after that um you know walk the show floor get some other stuff I uh, didn't really pick up a lot that day because i was smart you got the day before but the evening i spent uh at the funimation after party downtown chicago all evening
1: Great. and um
0: there was a place called spin chicago and spin is a ping pong bar oh cool so they've got ping pong tables everywhere ping pong balls everywhere <laughs> what's the worst thing about playing ping pong you you, you break a ball you run out no more yeah, yeah just lean lean over. There's one on the floor somewhere. Uh, we 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 joked. Uh, someone was joking that they they had this tub of ping pong balls there, and it looked like uh, a Kenan Thompson doing the French guy from All That uh, in oh. the, the tub. <laughs> yeah. Um, then they played the theme to All That. This, these people were pulling out '90s TV shows and like early 2000 songs. Uh, because this was like you know the Funimation crowd, so there's a bunch of um, uh, awkward white people dancing and a lot of anime <laughs> stuff going on. But uh, it was a good time. I think that was a nice way to really wrap up um, Chicago Comic. Yeah, Comic-Con I last mean time. you
1: quintessentially hit all of the check boxes on a Comic Con trip. You you uh, met a uh, celebrity that you uh, that you really like. You you bought the merch. You walked the floor. You did an after party. Uh, you probably paid way too much for uh, some sort of beverage or food item. Oh, that, that cup! Convention. That cup was way <laughs> too expensive,
0: but it was, yeah, it was worth you, it.
1: You hit all the marks, man. Good job.
0: Well, thank you. Um, Super fan Jim was with us, like I said, and he—it uh, was his first time going to this, and he um, gave me his—I have his notes right here in front of me of what he would tell people for first timers coming to this. Okay. Because I didn't get, so first and foremost, organize what panels you want to go to and get in line a bit early. Absolutely. Um, I've never seen so many panels full please go to the overflow uh room than my, and i've ever seen here this year uh mm. one of the big panels was the um um critical role team was there oh
1: uh, yeah we talked about that last week That they so were there.
0: their panel filled up before the con floor opened okay because <laughs> uh, they had a pre pre-line and then the overflow room filled up before the actual panel started too so if you didn't get in there you were done uh, same thing with Mark Ruffalo's panel. We're going to talk a little bit about his news. Uh, the Arrow panel uh, with Stephen Amell and uh, Emily Bett-Rickards. Uh, they were there. Uh, a lot of panels filled up early. So that was um, crazy because I've never seen that many before happen. Uh, and then he also agreed with me. Get your stuff on Friday so you don't have to carry it around when it's super packed on on Saturday. And also... Um, the The big thing that got him was the immensity of it all. like <laughs> how overwhelming it is if you're not expecting it to be that big because we talk about it, right? Like we go to little comic cons and San Diego's a big one, but like, Chicago is a large convention, and it, you can get lost in there very easily. You don't know what to do. You don't know where to go. So um, he also said that, you know, he got to go talk to Joe Hill. We've talked a lot about Joe Hill lately.
1: Oh, yeah. I saw he posted some of those pictures up on his uh, Instagram. Yeah. yeah so, uh, I guess he he also had a panel, too, which is pretty cool.
0: Yep. His panel filled up as well. Um, but he got uh, – Jim got uh, a book signed from him, and the, you know, Joe, uh, the son of Stephen King, did the, the most recently Lock and Key for that, and then um, Boss Logic was there. Uh, oh, great! But he was not at the his booth, as far as we could tell, all day. So um, he's probably he's a busy guy. Yeah, we couldn't we couldn't find him. So that was interesting to see uh, Boss Logic coming in. to have a I think it was his first Comic Con. As a presenter, so yeah,
1: I, I will give a, a little bit of advice to anybody out there who I would who might describe themselves as like an anxious person or doesn't like crowds or doesn't like people and kind of makes them really, really nervous. Uh, the great thing about like comic cons is yes, it does get packed, it does get full, there's a lot of people around there, but the great thing is, is like everybody's looking at something else, doing something else, concentrating, trying to get somewhere. So if you're there, it's almost like you can become invisible because yeah. like you're just another body that nobody really is paying attention to or really even cares about so like if you just want to if you just want to just go and show up and just like watch people it's just kind of like going to like a carnival like nobody really nobody really is gonna like get in your way or get in your face so uh yeah don't let the big crowds dissuade you
0: exactly And one of the cool things was um you know we talked about this a little bit with somebody that you know we all have different we we disagree here we disagree uh, you know we can disagree marvel dc all these people are there right everyone's passionate about this stuff but no one's in an argument ever here. you You can all have your own opinion. you can all but we're all celebrating these very nerdy, very comic booky, very superhero-y things together. And there's no reason no one makes a fuss. There's no line cutting. It's very mm-hmm. civil. And it's, it's so
1: it. easy to strike up conversations with people. Like if you're waiting in line or it could be any line, a line for a panel, a line for like yep. a soft pretzel. Like what t-shirt are they wearing? Oh, is it a Rick and Morty t-shirt? Oh, are you watching the new season? And then people just like willingly want to chat. It's just nerds being nerds. Uh, well, yeah, I'm, I'm a huge, huge proponent of going to cons.
0: And, and what it's funny you mentioned that we were waiting in line to get our book signed by the, the Marvel Comics panel and a guy from... Uh, Moscow, Russia was behind me, and we started a conversation. <laughs> Great, yeah. Um, he w- he went to Mardi Gras earlier in the week, and then was capping his weekend off at C2E2 before going back. Um, and he did not. He only had. You get two books signed by these guys, right? Only two. Mm-hmm. He had one, um, and um, and he was. I was. He was like, oh, I wish I, I didn't know these people here. I wish I would have brought something else. If I could have got two, I'm like, well, here I had an extra book I'd picked up for two dollars earlier. I'm like. Take it, get it signed. It's yours. You're coming in from Russia, like don't miss out on this opportunity.
1: Oh, great! To to get a book signed. That's a great gesture, Chris. Good job.
0: Yeah, so you know the the situations where uh, I've been paid forward before. I'm paying it forward now. Comic Con brings out the best in everybody. So Mm -hmm. just don't take a stroller.
1: Heartwarming story. (laughs) Yeah.
0: So that's that's my C2E2 recap. I've gone on way too long. I, I I could give a shout out to all the people I ran into randomly. Uh, on on the floor floor that I knew, um, I walked into a hug from someone I used to work with when I lived in Indianapolis. Like, Walk into a hug, it was fantastic. It's just, um, I'm just overflowing with love for this stuff and these events and the people there. So, um, can't can't recommend it enough. But now we're gonna get into the news. Uh, now that we've done our, our due diligence on our recap here, <laughs> Mark Ruffalo was there this weekend, Mike, the mm-hmm. Hulk himself, and his favorite MCU film to make. Was Thor Ragnarok? He said.
1: I mean, I'm not surprised. I mean, it's the only time he's really kind of had a movie to himself. I mean, I would say if you had to divide that movie up percentage wise, the Hulk is at least at least a third of it. If not, maybe uh, encroaching on like forty percent. So yeah, Ruffalo's really never had a film to himself. So that makes a ton of sense.
0: (laughs) Exactly, and then you know the before that, you know, he was in. Um, Age of Ultron, which you know, was a little bit of the Hulk. um, But he was the like. Avengers. A, it, yeah, but he's like been an, a mean Hulk for most of those, right? Mm-hmm. So in Ragnarok, he was a fun Hulk the whole time. So, and, you know, probably, I'm sure working with Taika Wati, he, he got to improv stuff and make stuff up as they were going to, to really set those jokes apart from other stuff. So I think that's a good time. Also, he brought up the topic of She Hulk, Mike, because. You got a She-Hulk, you got a She-Hulk, too, somewhere down Mm -hmm. the road. And he has had preliminary talks with Marvel to be in this series.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, it makes total sense. If you're having all of these other big shots showing up in the Disney Plus streaming series, uh, it would be so weird to have a She-Hulk show, right, without him in it. Um, I, I would hope that you know we've been promised these big cinematic stories so I hope it's not just like a cameo I hope he's like integral to the plot, the storyline of course if he needs to go out and uh, you know pick up cigarettes if you will and come back for the last episode to maybe save some of the special effects budget you know I'm okay with that but you know uh, don't just allude
0: that there's a Hulk out in the world, show us the other Hulk well if, especially if they're doing a blood transfusion kind of thing you know like this is uh- uh, yeah. the, the 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 character is integral because he, he she got a blood transfusion from Bruce Banner. So uh, I, I'd be I'd be down to see that and, and you know have him in there. You know, not every episode she needs to have her own story, but you know, calling him for advice or you know, what do you do? How do you handle this kind of thing? Would be interesting, you know, for for others in intercutted in scenes throughout the show. Also, She Hulk begins filming this summer. In case you're wondering. That he, I think he brought that up, or that yeah. was some other news this week. Yeah, I,
1: I think some of the news floating around is that the, uh, the casting call that's out there for She-Hulk is uh, something along the lines of an Allison Brie type, which yep. uh, Allison Brie uh, most recently starred in Glow on Netflix and then kind of rose to fame in uh, NBC's Community. Uh, so yeah, Allison Brie. I keep confusing her with Brie Larson, which is oh, which is totally okay. <laughs> uh, they know people do that, so yeah, uh, Allison Brie. Uh, so I don't know if that means like that. That's kind of their coy way of saying, hey, Allison Brie, would you like to be in this? Or if they're just looking someone for her like that. Uh, she is a very tiny, small person, so maybe they'll play against that type to be like, oh, before she got this these she hawk powers, she was a small, meek person that was pushed over, then all of a sudden she got these big powers, and now she's leaning into what it's like to be able to beat people up. So, you know, I, I might be okay with that.
0: Yeah, I mean, um, they've... Uh, I, I think, you know, it's one of those things like where they're saying that this is going to happen. This is going to be one of those things, like, they're going to cast somebody very soon. It's not going to be there, but it's going to be very similar to that person that they're, they're, they're speculating about. Well, um, this
1: would be... If this is filming this summer, this will be the first new addition to the mcu that's announced right at least miss, casting wise miss
0: marvel uh will be the first it starts filming in april
1: uh, okay yeah yeah i guess we probably would hear about that first So, and, yeah, uh, the-
0: and we talked last week there's a disney plus panel this month in march that will be probably oh, be announcing that stuff. At.
1: yeah that's right it's like standalone from d23 and conventions
0: yeah so i think we're i think we're gonna get all of our casting very very soon for these filmings to start taking place mm-hmm. um for that also, the last thing from the panel uh, from C2E2, you know, that while news is still trickling down from all these panels, is some Rise of Skywalker information because the,
1: uh, I was waiting for this. <laughs> the
0: novelization of the book is finally out, and they were selling the first copies at the show for. They sold out; like you couldn't even get if you didn't get it in the when they first launched. Like you couldn't get them; like they were done. They sold out of these, so it will be available publicly later. But this was the first time there are some revelations from the movie. Mike, do we go into it?
1: Um yeah I I think we do at this point in time like I don't think it's necessarily I don't I don't I don't even really know how to tackle this it's just it's just extremely upsetting that at first they were revealing kind of these just one off details that I could see them Cutting from the movie that they were putting in, like the art book or something like that, or some what was it like the visualization
0: of Star Wars? Right. I don't, I don't well, remember the, what the visual encyclopedia has come out. Yeah, with that, that's what it was. Yeah. yeah, it
1: wasn't the art book; it was like the encyclopedia or whatever. So I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess we find out that Lando and that one girl uh, were related through that book. Uh, they it was weirdly added on the movie. Okay, whatever. That's not my biggest problem with the film. But this, the novelization, is like hiding like key critical information that absolutely in my mind should have been in the movie. It would have made the movie better in my mind. I don't think it entirely would have saved it for me, but at least it would have made things a little bit better. And then they're just putting it in this novel. Like this does not appease me.
0: Well, here's the thing. The novel, if the novel had come out before the movie, I'd say you're right. I think this is an apologist novel and they saved it (laughs) for afterwards. (laughs) yeah to fill in the holes
1: yeah i suppose i mean how long does it take to write a novel i'm not a professional writer so i don't know but if they they had the base
0: done and they were like okay here's the complaints go write these real fast like you know they're on twitter the 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 weekend the movie comes out like okay fill in these holes in the novel real fast but i mean so the thing is this actually integrates previous star wars legacy like knowledge or stuff into the canon of star wars kind of right because uh spoilers Pausing for dramatic effect, um, that Palpatine is confirmed to be in a clone body of the Emperor, with his actual spirit in this clone body and is deteriorating or whatever it is. So, uh, in the legacy novels, the old books before they 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 wiped those out, they um, uh, the Emperor cloned himself multiple times. And became a thorn in the side of the, you know, Skywalker and uh, Solos for a while. So, this kind of brings that to power and confirms that the Palpatine we saw on the, um what is that, like one of those metal stair things that you can buy for old people now? They slide upstairs. <laughs> uh, that, that it was a cloned body, not his actual living, uh, re- original Body from the first, from the first movies.
1: No, I mean, uh, as as you know, I'm uh, working my way through uh, the Clone Wars animated mm-hmm. series, and mm-hmm. this is a show. This is a television show uh, directly made for a younger audience on a much smaller budget. Uh, uh, CG shows usually uh, can be made for. Um, usually uh, usually a smaller amount because they're reusing assets so basically they're working with a lot less over there at the Clone Wars uh, offices and I think they're just telling much better stories than what we saw in this uh, Star Wars movie that they have to write the ship with a novel so uh, it's kind of just give, having the reverse effect on me where it's like I'm watching I'm watching this animated show and I'm just like wow this is really really great and it's weird because it's given me an appreciation for the prequels at least the story elements that Lucas wanted to provide but also making me look at these newer movies that were made and go like there's no excuse you're having like a you're having a you're having a small writer's room making a child's animated show and i think they're telling more sophisticated stories at least from what i'm watching than what they're doing here and they have to fix it all with a book so it just all makes me very frustrated
0: well i think i think uh, you know there's two things here just to fix it i don't think they're making a children's show i think they're making an animated show with adult tendencies, in it it's
1: definitely. Uh, I I will say it's definitely for a uh, an older audience, but it is indeed on the Cartoon Network, yeah, so you can say it's being angled towards somebody well,
0: else. You know? I think it originally was, and then they snuck in, "Hey, here's these serious things. We're going to kill people." Uh by the time you keep keep track of how many necks get snapped in the show Mike you just keep watching. Oh yeah
1: I mean they're they're starting to drop uh the words like kill and murder a lot more so they're definitely maturing
0: it yeah. up but And then um I think you know the the other thing is like you know when you have four you know a whole season to tell stories and get acquainted with characters it's a little different So but it sounds like you are enjoying the Clone Wars as you, as you yeah yeah it's
1: it's been it's been fun they've been telling some really unique stories like gripping with what is the idea of like being a clone and what's mm-hmm. your purpose there was this really cool arc where they went to like mandalore where there was like a there was this uh, like separatist uh like body of like warriors that were living on the moon that didn't want to live underneath the larger mandalorian rule and then i came across that one-off line that kind of explains why jango fett was in the armor because because he was some thief that. That stole it, so yeah. There's some really cool, interesting arcs uh, that that are coming up here. So I will keep trekking along with the Clone Wars because what I think I got now eight more weeks until the final season wraps. So I think I'm hoping I think I think the 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 stars will align. Well, I should be able to catch up it, by the time everything airs. Well,
0: if you're in Death Watch or at least season three, so mm-hmm. that that's a good. Start. I'm, I'm still yeah. I think I'm at the end of four to the beginning of I mean, I'm in the beginning of five. Um. Have you have you been playing more Fallen Order by chance at all?
1: Um, no, I'm still okay. I'm still in the early stages, well, but I found my little robot buddy now.
0: One of the one of the planets on, in that game is a, a a huge factor in one of the season five episodes. So uh, I think that's really cool. So I think I want We'll talk more as you move along in both of these. All right, gotcha. So, so yeah, that was uh, news straight from the straight from the show. For now, we're going to get into our regularly scheduled news program. <laughs> Um, I don't know if it's because C2E2 is this week or because, um, there are, you know, things around the world overshadowing all this, uh, all the news. There's not a lot of news this week, to be honest. So, uh, we're going to go and talk about the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which is currently in its, uh, uh, second set of shooting or quote unquote reshoots, if you will, um, in Atlanta. And we get some propaganda posters that they say are not spoilers that says, um, Cap is back with John Walker in the Captain America outfit here that's floating around set.
1: Yeah, it's safe to say not spoilers because we're all very familiar with Chris Evans' uh, beautiful face now, and that is not Chris Evans' face. So even if you're not familiar with the set photos that we have talked about on this show many times with the the new actor who's playing this kind of new rebooted version of Cap – uh, yeah, this is definitely a different person. I like the little addition of the U S army yes. uh, <laughs> logo in the corner. This is definitely, I'm already kind of seeing the story like lay out. I think we've mentioned this before the idea of, you know, the U S army, or I guess the government in general is just like, we have this cap shaped hole. Uh, we didn't have control of cap before he left, but you know, if we kind of resurrect a new cap, we can be in control of him, give him a new costume. So that, uh, that's kind of what it looks like they're doing here.
0: And this recruitment thing, you know, say, so- oh, if John Walker can become Captain America, so can you join the army kind of thing. Mm So, uh, and notice the, um, I didn't notice this, but the U.S. Army star is kind of like what's on his helmet now where his A is.
1: Oh, yeah, I can see that. Uh, I think the big, I think the big looming question is does John Walker have powers? How is he augmented? I mean, if uh, I, I don't know if Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. could even be considered canon at this point in time moving forward. It is not. But they, but they had the ability to kind of take regular humans and make them strong with like a serum. I mean, it was temporary and I believe it did have downsides in the long term uh, for that person. But yeah, you know, if this person is purely just a prop for the cameras, kind of actually how Cap was at the very beginning of his story. I mean, though he did have powers at the beginning, he was just somebody going on a road show, uh, dancing on stage. Yeah. So, maybe this is what John Walker is going to do. He just gets trotted yeah. out in front of the Rose Garden, in front of cameras. He doesn't really do anything.
0: I think he's going to have something bigger here, because I think that's the real shield that has somehow gotten back in their hands, and they need to go get it back mm-hmm. from him. I think I think I think. somehow, the government has somehow taken the shield away, and they need to go get it back. So, I'm excited to see how this all ties in together.
1: Well, technically... It could be U.S. government property because it was um, it was Tony Stark's dad. Why can't I think of his first name? Howard
0: Stark is uh, Howard
1: Stark. It was Howard Stark's invention, and he technically probably was using the using the R and D budget for uh, for the government to make it, and they probably supplied him with the vibranium. So yeah, it probably is owned by America. So I could see a confrontation where you know we saw that one little clip of the of the shield being thrown into a tree. Maybe right after that, a helicopter comes in and be like hey you know uh you know thanks for saving the world but that's our property give it back I to mean, us or we're i gonna think i you. think that would
0: that would cause black panther to kick him like no 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 you stole black- the, the vibranium from us that's <laughs> uh, ours
1: black panther's a little too busy right now he's uh hopefully no. thwarting i uh, hopefully he's thwarting an undersea he, uh king he's right gonna <laughs>
0: help a brother out and, and come get that shield back for for Anthony Mackie, that's yeah, what's going to happen. No, so.
1: Anthony Mackie is busy in the new season of Altered Carbon that I'm not watching, but I saw him on the poster. So
0: yeah, all has. of
1: these things cross over in 2020, obviously.
0: Exactly. Netflix and Disney working together using Anthony <laughs> Mackie as the glue to hold it all together. So anyway, John Walker as Captain America uh, promotional posters, and the person who took it said they asked, and these are not spoilers for the for the show. So um, that's it's
1: pro- not it's not a spoiler. It's just some context.
0: It is, in the first kind of look as how they portray him in there. Next up on that list is the Loki show, and this is going to be very cool for me, Mike. Um, The production team for Loki has been ordering a vast array of comic materials, right, to work on this stuff? That's good. The common thread of these is the team called the Squadron Supreme. Oh, please tell me about the Squadron Supreme. Oh, I would love to. I actually have all of their appearances behind me on the shelf behind me right now, believe it or you, not.
1: You always uh, are infatuated with kind of these one-off teams that are kind of off the beaten path. I mean, <laughs> yeah. they, they, the Inhumans may or may not be on that path. Uh, maybe they're on a little bit a slightly more gravel paved road. Uh, but Squadron Supreme, it sounds like a dirt road to me.
0: Yes. So the f- version of the Squadron Supreme I am familiar with is um a, it's a different um universe here, but they are essentially Marvel's um not parody, but like kind of adjacent Justice League characters. Okay. <laughs> um so uh there is the characters uh the, the the core members of these team include Hyperion, which is essentially their Superman. hmm Uh Nighthawk, which is Batman. Okay. Power Princess, which is Wonder Woman. There you go, and a character <laughs> called the Wizard, who is <laughs> I'm guessing the Flash. He, 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 by. he just goes to the bathroom all the time. Um, <laughs> there's also Doctor Spectrum, which is kind of like a like a Green Lantern. No, oh, it's a Green Lantern, like the oh, okay. spectrum of the colors. Is, is what uh, it means okay. It to. Um, and so they were, yeah, kind of like a, a pastiche of the Justice League, if you will. Um, and there, there are some in the the main Marvel universe, but I have their ones where they were in the um supreme universe which is a different different universe and they played a big role in the um jonathan hickman uh, new avengers stuff uh because they were a team that had to fight the avengers to figure out whose world would not blow up so if these characters are showing up do you think this might loki might accidentally create a timeline where the avengers aren't exist but the squadron supreme show up
1: I mean, the Squadron Supreme sounds so uniquely different. It doesn't sound like if a butterfly flapped its wings, these characters would come into existence. I mean, after watching um, all of these uh, CW crossover things, it almost it just sounds like a, a another dimension to me. It yeah. just sounds like a totally separate reality which makes me wonder, is this going to tee into the multiverse of madness anyway? Because it's, that seems like it's weird for me to imagine Loki jumping around into a different dimension. And, but then technically that dimension is not the same as whatever multiverse Dr. Strange is going to be dealing with. I, I don't know. Uh, Cause does Loki come out? Cause it's, um, it's uh, I'm trying to the Scarlet, Witch, uh it is later. after Scarlet, Witch. it was originally
0: yeah. the first one. And gotcha. now it's, a, or, it's the third one or second one, but now it's the third one.
1: Man, if only there was a really nice uh, organized list where we could look at all the releases of all of these upcoming uh, shows and movies. Oh wait, there is. There it's is. on our website. It's in the upcoming and, releases tab. And, and I'm is, checking it out right now. <laughs> and this is
0: the last um, show before Into the multiverse
1: oh yep right here spring uh, in 2021 we have loki um and then uh, probably I'm, I'm assuming just weeks away you'll be seeing uh doctor strange in the
0: multiverse
1: of so yeah maybe that is one of the multiverses
0: yeah and, and it is they are technically from different universe i think earth 712 um in the ultimate universe there was a crossover called ultimate power which the ultimate um the squadrons the squadron supreme was a um and all like, I think female version of them, um, came, came over to the ultimate thing. I've got, I've I've got all the trades behind me. I picked them up several years ago. So this is always cool. Whenever one of these things I'm like, Oh, this is a little, you know, um, unheard of thing. I feel hipstery when I do it, but it's it's cool. (laughs) Well,
1: Well, if we are to believe that these Disney Plus shows will act in a similar vein to the films, we will be seeing some sort of setup for the next project. So now in the movie universe, we have seen setups for the next movie in the timeline, and we have also seen setups in the post-credit scenes for the next iteration of that movie. Um, So not necessarily the next, you know, not like Ant-Man going into the next, like, you know, Spider-Man movie or whatever. It might be uh, going into the next Ant-Man movie. So if that's... That is the case. Maybe a uh, Wanda Vision, some sort of post-credit scene will set up the next Disney Plus show, which will be Loki. So if Wanda separates things into dimensions, maybe she's making extra dimensions for Loki. I don't know. We're, we're shuffling a lot of cards here.
0: Right, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, this is cool. If, if it is the you know, they remind me a little bit of um you know we're we're an in interesting thing now where we're getting all these like the boys and um you know Umbrella Academy and all these like I guess. Not quite mainstream character group teams together. And this feels like one of those showing up in, in Loki. So, um, may, maybe this is the team that polices the, uh, the 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 multiverses instead of, you know, what they really are. They could change them quite a bit. Yeah. So Who knows? We'll find but, out. but if you end up going and Google searching Squadron Supreme, you're going to see, oh my god, this is the Justice League. Just, <laughs> just a little bit to the left. So... That's, that's, that's really cool. Moon Knight, uh, is looking to, you know, um, release actually December of 2021 or spring of 2022 Mike um making it one of the later shows to be I honest. mean
1: I'm usually not one to ask for release release dates to be pushed but uh, I've said this before on the show no no more December I'm busy traveling for the holidays seeing family I don't want to stream these shows on my iPads like laying down in a box spring uh twin bed mattress but if it came out in December twenty one, that would be pretty close to um, uh, WandaVision. Isn't that one of the last shows that, that we heard of?
0: WandaVision is twenty twenty.
1: Oh, that's right. We're, um, we're already uh, in twenty twenty. Yeah. Well, it, either way, uh, if Wanda's is going to be inter, in, 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 intervening with my uh, with my holiday this year, it sounds like maybe Moon Knight's going to be intervening well, with it next
0: year. Well, we're interesting in a very interesting time. This year, we only have two Marvel movies, right? Twenty twenty one, we start up with three or four. And what we have is Loki, um, Ten- Shang-Chi, then probably Loki, then Doctor Strange, and then wait a while for Spider-Man 3. Then we have a long wait till Thor and Love and Thunder. But then we could do, uh, you know, Hawkeye could be in there, Miss Marvel's in there, uh, She-Hulk's in there. Moon Knight would fill up the void between um, Thor, Love and Thunder, and then the upcoming uh, February 18th Marvel Studios film, which could probably be Captain Marvel too. Like, they could fill all these holes between movies with Marvel properties. Yeah, like, uh, I mean, from Disney
1: Plus. I mean that that sounds like the plan. I mean, I think we'll probably be talking a uh, Disney strategy here when it comes to our our last topic of the show, which is probably one of the bigger news items of yeah. the of the week for sure. But uh, I'm looking forward to Moon Knight. I want to see what yeah. they do with this guy.
0: And it's supposed to be filming this mid November in Atlanta. So um, I think I think we may get casting news as soon as April, or we may wait till Comic Con and hmm. to get something. Like that. Since D23 is not this year, I believe. Yeah. Cause it was last year, is it? I don't know. We'll see that later, <laughs> Spider-Man Three has a working title of Serenity Now. Mike, are you familiar with this reference? <laughs>
1: serenity Now, Serenity Now. Yes, it is. Insanity the, uh, later. The uh, <laughs> the the soothing, calming uh, phrase given to the Costanzas, and um, I think it actually was one of the later seasons of Seinfeld. Yeah, it was uh, uh, with.
0: Um, uh, oh, I forget his uh, name, his but name? Name. he was, was selling it, computers.
1: Was it, was it Joe? Is it Joe Rifkin? Is that his name? No, not
0: not. not I don't think. No, not Joe Rifkin. That was the other one. Um, someone's screaming at us right now. On this, because I watched. Seinfeld. I made so many Seinfeld references this weekend. People are gonna be like, "Why do you not get it?" Um, <laughs> but um, it is a, a reference to uh, how to calm himself down. So it's Serenity. Now, whenever they were selling computers out of George's dad's garage, with um, can't think of his name. Anyway, the other previous films in Spider-Man Working Titles were the first one was Summer of George, which is another Seinfeld reference, and then. The fall of George oh, was far from home.
1: Oh, I had no idea that they were had, had this uh, Seinfeld running gag. I love that. That's great. I mean, the movies has all have always been funny. So if you're somebody that has uh, an infatuation with Seinfeld, you're probably gonna have a um, a funny bone, if you will. So
0: oh, I I I, I, th- I am. I'm having a great time with this. Um, but are you ready for the um, the upcoming Disneyland uh, Marvel Avengers? Uh, oh, yes, land.
1: please. I only go to Disney like once a year. Uh, so every time I go, there's usually something brand new that has uh, that is opened. So I'm totally down for some more additions.
0: Yes. So uh, Avengers Campus is opening, I think, this fall, right? Or later, late summer. I think it's supposed to be this
1: year. It seems very, very quick. It's amazing how fast that uh, those Imagineers can build stuff.
0: Yes. And one of the um, rides is the Web Slinger ride. If you, if you know, um, I don't know what that means. I don't know what it looks like. But... This will feature the character Dr. Octopus. And this is interesting because all of these Avengers Campus things are tied into the MCU at large. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like, it's not like they're going to use... Well, I mean, if
1: the conspiracy theorists are true and the Raimi-verse is somehow... uh, eking its head back in there maybe maybe it will be uh that version of uh Dr. Octopus but yeah we don't have a canon Doc Ock right now
0: we don't and would this mean if they're going to put him in a ride like they've tied all the other things to the movies will this mean the third Spider-Man movie will have the villain Dr. Octopus again and that's why Sam Raimi's coming back to, you know, rehash a Spider-Man 2 again. <laughs>
1: oh, geez. I don't know. I mean, I not love, gonna like the Spider-Man, but, you know, I too. really love Doc Ock's arc in the Sony Spider-Man video game. Just kind of showed uh, a different way that you can kind of bring this man to madness. Uh, because Doc Ock in Sam Raimi's movies is more of a victim... I would say, a faulty technology. He, at his core, he was a good person. Uh, but in the Spider-Man video game, he kind of slowly descends into madness as he's feuding with uh, Norman Osborn and he's brought to the edge and also he's uh, gripping with his impending kind of diagnosis and death. So if they want to bring kind of that kind of Doc Ock into the MCU, that would be really cool because that's kind of a different way to kind of motivate your villain.
0: Yeah, or it's just for the, the, I can't, it <laughs> or it's just sense. for the ride. And
1: we're just like making up stuff. Right yeah. We're now. really making
0: up because I mean, why would you put the character in there before the movie kind of thing? Like, I think the rides can ex- like, was it the guardians of the galaxy mission breakout is right over there. Right. And they use the movie versions. But that doesn't tie into the movies at all.
1: Well, one thing that they could do is if it's—I don't know what kind of ride this is. Usually, when you build a ride that you ride in, or if you're going in and out of uh, areas, it, I feel like it takes a while to build. So I don't know if this is just going to be like some sort of simple, like a uh, uh, carnival Ferris wheel ride that's themed, just like a disnified. But if it's like an actual ride where they're doing a bunch of like maybe cool Imagineering stuff, maybe you just see the Doc Ock tentacles. You know, you never see his face. You never see the costume but we're all very familiar with what the tentacles look like and as long as they come in groups of four you're very it's very obviously that it's a doc ock so maybe they'll just be doing that and then they're kind of future-proofing themselves because more than likely a doc ock later in the mcu i would only assume would also have robotic tentacles and if they really needed to update them aesthetic wise you just update that one little part of the ride and you're fine
0: yeah and 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 honestly i mean i i'm gonna lean into like this is going to be something not in the movies and this ride is not going to really affect the MCU large. It's just another ride. Um, and then here's some, some fun stuff, but I mean, this is uh, this is interesting. I kind of want to know more about this, this web slinger ride and you know, either the, uh, what was it? The Pim particles is the food court over there and stuff like that. So you think you're gonna have like pills that taste like food?
1: No, I think that's just Disney's way of selling you really tiny food for a really high markup. Be like, hey, Uh, we can't help it. It's PIM related. Here's your one. Oops, we shrunk it. Yeah, here's your one crouton. We promise that it's a sandwich. Now give us $12. Um,
0: Honey, I shrunk the food. So, (laughs) yeah, that's that's up for Spider-Man 3. But speaking of Spider-Man and all things Spider-Man related, Venom 2 is filming and we have some interesting looking photos of Woody Harrelson, on the street dressed up as Cletus Cassidy and uh, I don't know what's going on here but I I, I don't know if I like it or if I don't like it yet. Well I mean I this is the first
1: time I've seen the whole gallery I've seen obviously this picture of him in the Hawaiian shirt kind of on Twitter and Instagram over the week but I'm looking in this gallery more looking at the wire work. Um, I'm like seeing people in spandex suits uh, being suspended from wires with like really blobby green screen backgrounds and I'm like Well, this dude that's in the jumpsuit, he doesn't really look like he's – I don't know if he's doing motion capture. None of these people look familiar. I don't know if they're just practicing a stunt or what's going on here.
0: Yeah, so I think the the man in the the wire suit is um, a a Venom stand-in.
1: Yeah, I, w- I was going to say, like, I guess technically Venom's all CG, so they don't really need a big buff guy in a suit. But I was like, this guy's more slim. He kind of looks more like a Spider-Man standee or possibly a Carnage standee to me.
0: Well, Carnage, I don't think, would be rescuing a guy falling is what this looks like.
1: Well, if he wants to eat him and save him for later, who knows? No, nah,
0: no, nah, he he cut him right in half. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, I mean, I'm, I'm really banking on a Carnage that's brutal And mean, and then in a couple of these photos, you see Woody Harrelson in a sport coat over the the Hawaiian shirt, and sometimes he's not in it. So I don't know what's going on here, but um, he's got his hair trimmed, red, dyed red on the sides, and like a straight line on the top here.
1: I, I do have to say, when I saw Woody Harrelson at the very end of the first Venom movie, I mean, I was already done with the film by the end of it. So just seeing him there, I was like, oh, God, this is so weird. But we did just watch uh, Zombieland Double Tap uh, last night in my household. And I forgot how how fun Woody Harrelson can be. And I'll just go ahead and recommend Zombie Tap. Or Zombieland, double tapped anyone? What an amazing sequel! Like one of the better sequels I've seen in a really, really long time, and a lot of fun. So uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to a little bit more Woody Harrelson. This th- this warms me back up to him again.
0: He's not wearing. The, he he doesn't have the sideshow Bob uh, mop on top of his head, you know, and he looks like he's actually like mean and like you know like actually like a uh, a crazy kind of person. So mm-hmm. yeah,
1: yeah. so he's he's sporting a very strange haircut. Only an insane person would do that really weird comb forward. But it looks like it's kind of gelled with a curling iron. I don't even know what's going on. Like, there. like
0: it's yeah, it's it's like a crazy person would wear. And um, yeah, that second photo at the top of this, he's got that mean look on his face. So I'm like, yeah, yeah, he's crazy. I can I can see that. So mm-hmm. yeah, take a look at that gallery uh, in our show notes. Uh, this week, I believe it was earlier this week, uh, Star Wars officially announced their Project Luminous being the High Republic, Mike, um, back when they legalized marijuana in the Star Wars universe uh, 200, <laughs> 200 years before the Phantom Menace. No, it's really it's a series of published projects set 200 years before the Phantom Menace. Oh, my and-
1: God. So, Chris, Chris, real quick, this is uh, this is one of those times where I'm really glad I have a podcast because I have such a small, inconsequential gripe That nobody else out there would ever care about. And by the time I came across this announcement YouTube video, there was already like a ton of YouTube comments. You know, I'm sure if I went and looked it up on Reddit, the thread would already be really long. So my complaint is going to fall on deaf ears. But I watched this YouTube video with like zero context at all. Like somebody on Facebook shared the link. So I just clicked on it and I started watching it. I, I believe it's roughly like a six or five minute video. And if you watch it with no context, you have no idea what it is. You're just watching a a bunch of these people say how excited they are to delve back into storytelling uh, for Star Wars. They talk about working with concept artists, drawing all these different things. And I'm like at two or three minutes into the video and I'm just like, what is this? Is this a video game? Is this a Mm -hmm. comic book? Are they talking about streaming shows? How big of a deal is this? Like I have no context. And then like maybe about three quarters of the way through the video, they drop... They drop, a, um, they drop something vaguely saying that it's being published. So I was like, okay, so it's not a movie. So this is a comic book. Is, is this a novel? Is, are these audio books? Is this a podcast? What's going on here? And then at the very, very end, they, they don't even, they still don't even say what it is. So all I have to say is if you produced this little sizzle reel of the video, you did not do the number one thing that you needed to do was tell me that these are going to be books what? or comic books, or it it's going to be the written word so well the, i'm glad i have uh, a very niche audience here to complain to about
0: this well the first wave is books and comic books they can go into other things from here well so, i'm
1: very glad that this podcast exists so yeah. you can inform me on these things that this highly produced video forgot to tell me
0: yes so the first thing is um there's some books um that are they novels um and then i believe idw uh, which is interesting, and Marvel both have a, a comic series each. Um, but there's, like, three three novels. And is this one the last one? Um, yeah, that's not an audiobook, so it's, it is a novel. So there's three novels and stuff um, for this in the High Republic, which is set, like I said, um, around when Yoda's about 700 years old. So we could be seeing maybe an active Jedi Yoda, not a council Yoda yet. Um, so he's
1: not old Yoda. Uh, he's definitely not going to be in a baby phase. Yeah. Um He
0: will be a uh, what is What are we thinking? Like
1: here, like mid mid-fif- fifties uh, yeah. Yoda, uh, Yoda v- buying a buying a speeder and getting away from his family. Yeah. Well, this will be the story where we finally see how uh, Dad left home for uh, uh, just to get out of the house and never returned.
0: Yeah. So, but there are multiple characters. None of these characters, I think, I've ever heard of in here. Um, from all the the covers and stuff you see, these are not not people we've known before. Which is going to be interesting to tell this new thing. There are some of these are pretty cool. Um, they look like you know the Jedi's were in white robes. There's yellow lightsabers in this uh, different ships. They kind of look a little. Uh, I don't know. I guess like maybe like holy warriors, if you will, as the Jedi uh, in this range.
1: Yeah. All I heard during the uh, sizzle reel was everybody was really excited to work in this kind of time frame because they were they were close enough to kind of the prequel stuff to they could deal with kind of the um the political structure of what the prequels had set up but they're but they're far enough away from the characters they could still include yoda but we're not so far back in time like knights of the old republic where things are just fundamentally different yeah so um i mean yeah i guess between uh, the prequels and knights of the old republic you have many 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 pockets of time where you can tell stories so um 200 and, years? I, I'm, I'm, I'm curious what they're going to do.
0: Yeah, with this, and then again, the first book will be and, and comics will debut at Star Wars Celebration Anaheim this August. So, um, we're going to be seeing what this is and, and we're, we're kind of where it goes um, later later this year. So, that, that's pretty cool. Also, again, like we said, these will not overlap with any of the films or series planned for production. This is just a publishing thing uh, of books, comics, maybe audio. But I could see audiobooks. On podcast, mm-hmm. but nothing nothing movies, nothing um um T V series. So no uh no worries there. This is news I don't know I don't know what to do with this news, Mike. This is weird. Um Indiana Jones five starts filming this summer. James Mangold, known for the Logan Wolverine, uh recently Ford vs. Ferrari, uh is in talks to replace Steven Spielberg as a director for this movie. And- I'm I'm on board with this. Yes thank you okay good i I thought i was like (laughs) leaning like too hard i know we have some some indiana jones Harrison ford fans um i think replacing a director is less noticeable than replacing a uh actor uh for indiana jones so they want to do this go for it i think this is the first movie in the franchise to have not steven spielberg right is that am i correct in that yeah i I I think
1: so i mean i don't believe george lucas was attached to the crystal skull maybe i'm wrong Uh, But uh, Steven Spielberg definitely was. So this will be the first time uh, Spielberg won't be attached to it. So from from my point of view is I am the last person on this planet that should ever be criticizing the monumental, successful career that Steven Spielberg should have. So I should just get that out of the way. He is a master filmmaker, and I have no right to criticize him. But I feel like any creative person on the planet – has all of their best kind of um, uh, has all of their kind of better moments kind of earlier in their career that's when they're really taking chances or really going for gold putting more at risk i mean for better or for worse steven spielberg doesn't have to really risk really anything anymore i mean he could um i mean he could make a string he could make like a dozen bad movies and he could like never make a Hollywood film ever again, but he could still get paid out the nose for just doing anything else. He could be do speaking engagements. He could like coast. He could like put his face on like I don't know a bag of Doritos and make money. Like he's he's a made man. So what I'm saying is like I feel like if he's approaching like Indiana Jones for the fifth time, like what unique spin is he gonna add to it? Like he's been there so many times already. I feel like it's time for him to let Indiana Jones go and give it to a new person who probably has a lot more love for the franchise just i'm assuming just like every other director out there who is younger than steven spielberg probably grew up uh, watching indiana jones over and over again and loved it so uh yeah i'm totally fine with a new director coming
0: in and and taking the reins of this yeah um lucas did do the story for all four of those other movies Mm. um so he he was it was him those two kind of created so a new director is great um i Spielberg will stay on as producer. One of the writers uh, is Jonathan Kazin, uh, Lawrence Kazin, who wrote Empire Strikes Back, is his dad, so you know, he's got some pedigree there. And then the writer um, for this is David uh, Cope, uh, co-writer David Cope as well, who is known for movies like the original Jurassic Park. I think I think we both agree that's good. Um, the first Spider-Man movie in 2002. Um, and uh, some other bad ones I'm not going to mention on here. I uh, like the most <laughs> recent, The Mummy. So, um but also he wrote that with Christopher Macquarie and and somebody else but um there's there's this this could be fine right you think you think they know the feedback from the last movie don't do aliens
1: <laughs> yeah i don't know i mean uh i feel like we'll kind of see how this pans out when the next Ghostbusters movie comes out, but I feel like if you're going to be uh, revitalizing a, a very classic franchise and bringing it back, you kind of need to treat it with a little bit more respect and I would say emotion. Like you don't necessarily have to like be like super funny and very family friendly. Like maybe treat it really seriously and very emotionally because everybody loves the character of Indiana Jones. So. Like, if they want to do something su- super serious like they did with sending off Logan in a very, a very melancholy, sad way, I'm totally fine with them doing that with uh, Indiana Jones just because it's uh, it all means a lot to us. So maybe take it emotionally seriously. I don't know. Uh, I'm sure other people <laughs> it, will disagree and say, like, oh, Indiana Jones is a fun character. Don't kill him off. But uh, it's, he's got to die eventually. This right? is the last
0: one let's all be honest here oh
1: yeah there's no way there's another one after
0: this there's no way at least in the same world or with with the same thing so i we just just, if you're gonna send it off james mangled he did it with logan he sent off wolverine in a good way people love that movie um so let's hope it gets the same kind of love and care
1: like like i said a few weeks ago if you want a fun indiana jones story just go play the uncharted franchise on the playstation it's a great indiana jones story uh it's great
0: they'll make that movie eventually right with, uh, I hope, I hope so,
1: and I hope it's good.
0: So, yeah, there's that as well. Lastly, in news that was misconstrued across the nation this week, Mike, because we, we all know better, at Disney, Bob Iger has fulfilled his promise of stepping down as Disney CEO, finally, and effective immediately, which means people thought he was fired. <laughs> um, with uh, the current Disney Parks person, I uh, think Bob Chapek, replacing him. Mm -hmm. So, um, Bob Iger, he's been talking about this since like 2015 stepping away. Uh, Yeah.
1: I, I, it seems like the biggest, uh, news out of it though, was that he was, uh, it was effective immediately. And I think the immediacy of it is the thing that people were really jumping on all week.
0: They were, they were very scared. Like he was fired or some scandal went down, Mm -hmm. but I mean, he, 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 he's done some great things. He helped acquire Marvel. He helped acquire Pixar. He helped acquire Fox. Um, he helped launch Disney Plus. He wasn't—he was supposed to leave in like I think 2017, 2018, but then he stayed through to see the Fox acquisition all the way through, and then he was going to leave again in I think twenty uh, 2018 19, but then he's like, I'm seeing the launch of Disney Plus through, and then he will stay on for like the next year and a half, two years, in like a creative capacity. Which I think it's you know, that's good well, way to yeah.
1: go. <laughs> that's the uh, that's the funniest thing about all of this is he's still uh, he's still uh, in the organization and he basically stepped down but also promoted himself. So now he's just working in a creative capacity, but I believe Bob Chapic has to report to Bob Iger still. Yeah. So like Chapek is still the C is the CEO, but Bob Iger is still like head honcho pretty much for the most part. Uh, so he'll be sticking around and, uh, you know, till his tenure, uh, tapers off. But I think the answer of the immediacy is within his new job title. Like he just wants to be on the creative side of things. I'm guessing he just was like tired of like running the company. And I think he was actually quoted in an interview saying something along those lines of, oh, I'm just tired of running this giant organization. I just want to work on the creative stuff. So, uh, I guess maybe this is kind of like his, um, what do they call it? Senioritis your, uh, your last couple weeks of uh, yeah. of your of your senior year he's just kind of cruising through um, I guess the I, last time there was a CEO changeover it was a lot more hectic and chaotic so also maybe the immediacy of it is very much like ripping off a band-aid it's like yeah 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 we might worry our stockholders for like maybe a week or so but things will rebound pretty quickly and we'll be fine so yeah. that would be my guess I don't think there's any but- grander conspiracy
0: thing right like he he's he's announced this for years and just kept pushing it back so like I think that's the best part is like you know it's not or it wasn't like yeah this is just happening now sorry everybody panic we have no one running the ship except this guy like he knew what he was doing he knew who he's announcing to do it to take over from him and I think they have plans for it so I don't think there's any cause for concern or or, or I, I i think people don't like bob chapek they they think people who worked at the park really don't like him but they like the new guy who's running the parks after him so i think that's a plus side from what i've heard from people who work yeah. there but that's it
1: i yeah i heard chapek was a a little bit of a hatchet guy he kind of went through and cleared out uh departments of a lot of uh pork fat if you will And uh, I think he was also really turning a profit with the park. So I'm sure he was kind of cutting budgets and pinching pennies over there. So maybe that is what Disney needs possibly in this next phase because Bob Iger went on the most expensive and most successful shopping spree of buying up all these studios and all these properties. So now that they have all these assets and they are starting to use it to turn it into the content. I guess it kind of makes sense to bring in Chapek to make sure this stuff stays profitable moving forward. I guess one of the... the one of the more um, least talked about stories out of this is I don't remember this guy's last name but there's multiple Kevins over at Disney so obviously we all know Kevin Feige there's this other there's this other (laughs) there's this other Kevin that I can't remember his last name but this guy runs Disney Plus he is the Disney Plus guy so he's in charge of that streaming service and I guess it was very heavily rumored that he was going to be taking over for Iger when Iger stepped down and I guess that didn't end up happening but but I guess the the word out on the street is that uh, Bob Chapek is a little bit more uh, consumer friendly, like to the public, and this other Kevin guy wasn't so much. So uh, a lot of people are saying, watch out for this Kevin over at Disney Plus. He might not be sticking around very much longer because obviously it seems like he did not get the promotion he was looking for. So I wouldn't be surprised if maybe after you know a year or two at Disney Plus, he moves off to you Know the next competing streaming service that needs a high powered CEO and Quibi. so who knows? Yeah, maybe, maybe he'll uh, <laughs> yeah, that would be pretty funny considering uh, uh, what was it I uh, was it Eisenberg that left uh, Disney to create uh, Quibi? I always he, forget the guy's name that made that made Quibi, D- D-
0: Disney or Pixar, one of the two, yeah,
1: uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, he left and made DreamWorks, then uh, went Dreamworks. to uh, Quibi. Yeah. But, yeah, so uh, keep a lookout for this other Kevin guy that I can't think of his last name. But don't yeah. get confused with fighting. Other
0: Kevin. So. Yeah. Other Kevin. So we'll, we'll we'll do that. If we see any two, reports, we'll know.
1: Yeah, two Kevins, two Bobs. Uh, if you want to work for Disney, I hope your name is Kevin or Bob.
0: Yeah, yeah, we're, we're we're not shoe-ins anymore. We thought we were, but we don't have the right names. We, uh, <laughs> we can go legally get those changed. All right, Mike, that's the show. It is late. I've got to edit this stuff. Get it up and going. If people know what you're up to this week, where can they find you?
1: Oh, that's so easy. All you got to do is follow me at Mike Royer Design on Instagram and Twitter, and you can read my webcomics at pickledcomics.com. Chris, if people want to catch up with you, see those pictures from the convention C2E2, where can they find you?
0: You can find me on Instagram, Volian87, or on it over to Twitter, Volian, V-A-L-D-A-N. Just like Mike says, it's so easy everything's easier in here we make this the easiest podcast you'll ever have to mm-hmm. deal with uh we, we don't even ask for money that's how that's how easy we are um <laughs> but if people want to know you know our regular shows we've got um there's something coming out soon i think we're watching i don't remember what it is that's
1: uh, uh, i think it's new mutants i think that new is mutants. the next uh big review for us
0: yeah new mutants i thought there was something in march but i, I mean i'm i'm blanking on my upcoming schedule it is march already that's the crazy part so we'll do that. But if people know more about us, what we do, other episodes, where can they find us?
1: Oh, all you got to do is visit superhero slate com. You can find our awesome show notes over there. So if you wanna if you wanna see that uh, propaganda poster from Falcon and the Winter Soldier, or if you wanna see those set photos of Cletus Woody Harrelson Cassidy, uh, you can head on over to superhero slate dot com. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, and wherever else you love to listen to find podcasts. Please like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, and get merch at superhero slate com slash store. Uh, we love hearing from you so uh, let us know what you think of the show what you want us to talk about are you disappointed that Spielberg is not returning for Indiana Jones 5 or more than likely are you just disappointed that they're making another Indiana Jones 5 so reach out let us know what you think about the topics we're talking about and uh, we love our super fans obviously if you're a super fan enough uh, you might uh, uh, join us at a convention and share a hotel room with us which uh, man uh, the access super fans get is off the chain so if you want to be a super fan of this show all you got to do is share the show with a friend share the show with a buddy and we will be here every single week even after hours of driving away from account yeah. from a comic book convention it
0: is true also c2e2 2021 is in march next year march 26th to 28th put it on your calendars to let your bosses know you want it off start saving money in your your, your comic-con jar and, and hopefully i'll see you there next year we'll see you next week all right adios thanks for listening and don't forget to subscribe i'm very dehydrated just to let you know so i will be taking drinks of water in this so (laughs) you be prepared for that